Hey, if you're enjoying this show, uh, consider supporting us on our Patreon. You can get cool perks like access to these episodes a week before they go public, and you can pick an album for us to review. Any support is greatly appreciated, so if you feel inclined, go to patreon.com slash polyphonicpress. Hey there, it's Jeremy. Um, I just want to say a few words before we get into the episode here. You are going to notice um, a bit of a shift in this episode. I've been doing some research and and, uh, looking into things, and apparently we've been living a bit dangerously in terms of including uh, clips of songs in the podcast episode. Uh, I thought that by including a clip of the, the song that it was that would fall under fair use and you could still make the argument that it does fall under fair use however you could also make the argument that it it doesn't and neither john nor i have the money to pay, one pay for music licenses or two pay for lawyers in case somebody comes after us uh, you know, with a, a lawsuit or, or whatever. So moving forward, we unfortunately will no longer be able to include clips of songs inside of the episode. Uh, just, you know, to, to cover ourselves and to make sure we're not breaking any copyright laws or anything like that. It's an unfortunate thing that we have to do, but I know the, the episodes would be a lot better if we could include the uh, music clips in the episode, but unfortunately, we don't want to get into trouble just in case that that's not in case a record company or an, or an artist uh, could come after us. The episodes that we've done so far will remain on; uh, they will remain available. And if, if somebody you know does uh, come after us, we will deal with it when that comes. But um, moving forward, we will not be able to uh, include song clips in the episode. So what I would encourage you to do is um, queue up the album in your streaming service or if you have it on CD or vinyl or something like that, however you can listen to the album. I would encourage you to uh, listen to the album along with us. You know, pause the episode and, uh, you know, listen to the songs how we do and, uh, you know, just follow along and and listen that way. If that's something you're interested in, that's cool. You can do it that way. Um, I would strongly encourage you to do that uh, because that would be a a cool way to give you some context. But unfortunately, um, we can't embed the the, uh, music clips in the episode. So we've just included a little... um, a little piece of music just to kind of break things up a little bit. Uh, so moving forward, that's how the episodes will be. Uh, thank you for understanding and, uh, hope you continue to listen. Okay. Here's the, now onto the episode. You're listening to polyphonic press, a podcast for music lovers. Join your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke, as they take a deep dive into a classic album and analyze it track by track. Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. 
And uh, basically, if you don't know how the show works, uh, we have no idea what album we're going to be listening to. Uh, we're going in completely blind. So I uh, have it queued up and we're going to hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. And the album we're going to listen to is the Ramones self-titled debut album, the Ramones. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So this was, this is their debut album released in, uh, on April 23rd, 1976. Um, 1976 by Sire Records after Hit Parade editor Lisa Robinson saw the band at a gig in New York City. She wrote about them in an article and contacted Danny Fields insisting that he be their manager. Um, the album cover photographed by punk magazines Roberta Bailey features the four members leaning against a brick wall in New York City. The record uh, company paid only $125 for the photo. Uh which has since become one of the most imitated album covers of all time. Um, some of the themes on the album include violence, drug use, relationship issues, humor, and Nazism uh, were prominent in the, in the album's lyrics. The album opens with Blitzkrieg Bop, which is among the band's most recognized songs. Uh, most of the band's most of the album's tracks are up-tempo with many songs measuring at well over 160 beats per minute. That's fast. Hmm. Uh, well, it, you know, if you don't know how to play well, just play loud and fast. <laughs> and that'll get the job done. Uh, this is a pretty short album. It's only 29 minutes. Hmm. So there's 14 songs, but it's only 29 minutes. Some of the songs are a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. So it's loud and fast. So cool. Um, all right. So it starts off with Blitzkrieg Bob, which I think every, this is the, if, if you know one Ramon song, this is the song that you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, here we go. Here's, uh, Blitzkrieg Bob. Cool. Short and punchy. Yep. Uh, I always liked that song. And one of the things I always liked about it is sort of the breakdown in the middle where, when there's chanting the, Hey, ho, let's go. And it's just the drums and then the bass starts yep. and then the guitars kick in. I love, I love when songs have that slow build kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like that kind of that, uh, I always liked it when, when the instruments are coming in, you know, one at a time like that. Yeah. Um, I gotta say the band actually sounds pretty tight. Um, they do. There's, there's not a lot of slop going on. I mean, it's not complicated, but they're, you know, definitely playing as a solid unit. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they seem to be all kind of locked in with each other. And I, I, a lot of that is, I think that it is because the music that they are playing is simple. Um, and you know that's not to put them down it's it's uh get i think a lot of bands get caught up in trying to play well and trying to play complicate complex stuff but i think maybe the takeaway is get good at playing simply and then start to get a little more complex mm-hmm. hey, i know this band uh you know 
they grew as musicians. Um, I noticed yeah. when you were looking for this one, I saw the uh, what the the album they put out in the early '90s, which was like a whole bunch of like psychedelic covers and stuff like that. Which is it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the the songs that they're playing on that are are more complex, and they do it well. Yeah. So you know, it, uh, it's. Um I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they definitely developed as, as musicians. Um, but it, it, you have to think of, put it into context too, in 1976. I know we've talked about it a little bit, you know, in the last few episodes, but at the time when this came out, this rock and roll had become a little bloated at the, at the time. Yeah. You know, prog rock had kind of, overstayed its welcome a little bit and this was something fresh not necessarily fresh it was back to basics and i think people were were wanting something that was a little more um accessible stripped down stripped down but also had an edge to it as well i mean this is this isn't you know debbie boone or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) no Definitely not. No. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and this song is, at the time, it was, this this album would have been considered, I guess, underground, but it's, uh, this song has gone on to be, you know, it's part of the lexicon of music. I mean, it's, I would say Blitzkrieg Bop is as iconic as Bohemian Rhapsody. Probably. It's, uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, they definitely started out under, well, you know, most bands start out underground-ish. Unless, of course, they're like manufactured to be seller. Mm-hmm. Which these guys were not. They just showed up and with no budget, put it out and people went, ooh. So, yeah, and, and of course, yeah. like, it's classic. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's as big as most things ever get to be, so... Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the I'll I'll talk I'll talk about it a bit about it when we uh, as we move along. Um, I was going to talk a bit about the dynamics of the band, but I want to get into the to the rest of the album as well. Um, so the next song, I think this is a song I know as well. Um, I'm pretty sure I've heard it. This is. Uh, I'm I'm recognizing a lot of the songs that I didn't realize all of these songs were on their debut album. Uh but uh the next song is called Beat on the Brat. A happy cheery song about violence in the streets. <laughs> I thought it was about an excessive form of corporal punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's about like police beating, you know protesters yeah. and sticks i think um yeah it, um so one of the things about the ramones the, uh, i can't remember who it was but uh they were talking about seeing the ramones at a club in in uh, new york city probably cbgb's and talking about the first time they saw or about halfway through the show 
they hated it <laughs> because it's like are they really gonna play another you know minute and a half song with three chords with the that sounds exactly the same <laughs> and and then by the end of it it's like well of course they're gonna play another one and it's like because that's who they are that's what they do and it's and by the end they they loved the show and they loved it they loved because they weren't trying to pretend to be something that they weren't mm. um even if it was the you know the the same kind of thing over and over again it was it was them and they were you know they were being authentic yeah and the songs they, they don't sound exactly the same i mean they're no. definitely there's a trend i mean yes they they there's definitely a, a thing that they know that they're good at and they certainly weren't at the point of moving beyond that at this point in their career no. um but yeah that's kind of fun i mean it's it's quintessentially punk i mean this mm -hmm. is kind of the stuff that you think of when the term punk comes up you think this sound it's kind yeah. of been it's it's the uh i want to say the prototype it's the uh archetype so yeah, yeah no it's it yeah i i agree it's it's um it's it's you know you we we talk about um like the stooges and the mc5 and then like the um sort of the harder garage rock bands from the 60s mm -hmm. being the 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 proto punk era the monks and the ones from the monks the the, the, yeah. the usgis from uh who stationed in germany are the ones i'm talking yeah. about there. All, yeah all <laughs> those all, yeah all, all those kinds of bands who kind of you could call it punk rock, but it was, um, you know, 10 years later when this is starting to happen, it's sort of like those bands were kind of, um, was like the wild west. And then, you know, like the typical mid seventies bands, like the Ramones, sex pistols, the clash and all the CBGB bands and all those kind of, things sort of took took all of that and sort of laser focused it and sort of said okay this is what punk rock is yeah it, it, it became a uh a definable genre yeah um and it was given a name i mean i think yeah yeah i think the mc5 were the first band that were labeled punk and i think they sort of gave it to themselves because people called them punks Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it became a, uh, a trend, uh, a, a, like a, an actual genre on itself and, and sounded a little different than what the MZ5 had yeah. put forward. But so. not that different. No, not that different. You know, um, it took you know, a, the, a, a studio mistake with the, uh, back in the USA album for, for the MZ5 before they sounded like a, a, t a typical punk band because yeah. they were a very uh and that album became very influential to punk bands both uh on both sides of the ocean mm -hmm. um partly because of that sort of tiny roar in in quotation sound 
that was a, a studio mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't the, the it was uh, um, mastered too high or something? I don't remember exactly what they did with the with the master. I mean, it sounds all right. It took me a yeah. little while to get into it because it was. Um, it did sound so different than their live stuff. Their live stuff is very, um, I would say high energy, but but like high fit. It's it's it's, loud. it's like it's kind of distorted. It's like push pushing the limit to what uh, the tape can handle, right? Like I don't they, know. didn't they mix it too high or something? There was something, yeah. <sighs> It, it might be, but but I, I know uh, in the studio, yeah, it's, it seems to be a lot of the low end was taken out of it because yeah. it was definitely this. It was not a tiny roar when they go on stage or mm-hmm. went on stage. Um, yeah, it was, and, and of course, um, uh, oh, I can't think of their names. Um, Wayne Kramer didn't shy away from doing guitar solos and he was one hell of no. a guitar player. But yeah, that yeah. became sort of a, a thing, a, a big no-no in punk later on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a while. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I wonder, I wonder if, um, a lot of punk rock is especially not so much in the mid seventies, but when you get in, into the eighties, when um uh, like after Sid Vicious died it punk kind of became more of an underground thing and the punk in the 80s was much more um do-it-yourself kind of stuff and there was like little pockets of communities and they had didn't really have any um expectation of being a famous band because you know punk wasn't popular at that time so it's like well we're just gonna do it because we love it well new wave had sort of taken over it was supposed to be the 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 approachable punk um yeah but even after new wave when you get into the like the more the the synth pop of the 80s even Mm. further away from punk rock um you know it it felt more it was more of a um uh uh more of a, you know, anybody can do this kind of thing. Right. And I wonder if bands like the Ramones and the punk rock bands of the seventies kind of took that, maybe heard stuff like the MC five and, and said, well, I we can do that. Mm. And I wonder if that was sort of the progression of, well, like we, we, we can't play like, yes, but I bet you we can play like the MC5 and play a few chords and play them really loud. Mm. You know? Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. And and not only that, especially as a as a punk progressed, they 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 were allowed to experiment beyond what was, you know, built beyond the the Ramon Ramon's uh rigid archetype that they yeah. were well i mean you kinda, to be in the 70s yeah you, you kind of have to i mean yeah you either grow as an artist or you you stop doing what you're doing i mean you can't because you know trends come and go i mean you have to 
I'm not saying you have to keep up with the times, but you have to, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. You know, you'll get bored and your audience will get bored. Yes. So, yeah, no, it's only natural that they would, and, and, you know, it's funny. You, you talk about, um, uh, this just reminded me, this is kind of related, but, um, you talked about how guitar, guitar solos were a no, no in punk rock. But, um, so the police were a punk band in disguise because they were, you know, like five years older than the other punk bands. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, um, Stuart Copeland was in a progressive rock band called curved air. Right. Um, and I think, uh, Andy Summers was like a jazz guitar player mm-hmm. sting, I don't think he had any formal training, but he was, you know, he, he could play his bass well. Um, but they were on tour on tour. I don't know if they were actually toured with the clash, but they were, you know, playing the same show or on the same bill or something where they were playing, uh, with the clash. And, um, you know, they were, they, I, it was either, I think it was Joe Strummer, uh, went up to Andy Summers and was getting them to show him some stuff on the guitar, but it was like a secret. He didn't want anyone to know that he was getting better at his music at his <laughs> instrument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, just, I thought that was funny. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, I think a lot of musicians were sort of practicing in secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, it's it's also uh, a tribal thing that happens, especially when you're younger. Yeah. There was, um, do you know, uh, you might have seen some of his interviews. Uh, do you, have you ever heard of Jonesy's Jukebox? I think so. It's, uh, uh, I can't remember his first name. It's the guy, uh, guitar player from the Sex Pistols. Oh, okay. But he has, um, uh, he has a radio show where he interviews a whole bunch of musicians and he had uh steve perry from uh, journey on and he had he said he, he 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 had to hide his journey records because it was like the most uncool thing that you could have as a, the guitar player for the sex post right he actually really loved them yes <laughs> yeah so i thought that was kind of funny it's like you have to you know kind of be secret about the the kind of music you're in but when you when you get older that kind of stuff doesn't really of matter course. anymore you know, but i heard that when, uh, i heard that um oh i can't even think of the johnny rotten was actually a closet pink floyd fan yeah oh well yeah how he got you know the story of how he got the job as the front man for the sex pistols i'm not 100 sure no he well, so the Sex Pistols weren't really a band. They were put together by um, uh, a m- manager uh, named Michael Malcolm McLaren. Okay, and um, he auditioned to be the lead singer, and he he had a Pink Floyd T-shirt, <laughs> but he wrote on it in um, in marker above Pink Floyd, "I hate." pink floyd <laughs> that's hysterical yeah so that's how we got the job so i guess he had the right right attitude or the, right, the right attitude no it wasn't because yeah. of his singing ability it was not the point um but no, no one could say that he was a great singer no, no. 
but you know, he wasn't trying to be. No, <laughs> wasn't the point. No, no. Uh, anyway, we've got uh, quite a, we've got quite a few songs to get through because they're all short. So <laughs> I don't want to waste too much more time. Um, so let's get into the third song. It's called uh, "Judy Is a Punk." You know, one thing I noticed about these songs is if you took the guitar hard, like the heavy guitars away uh, and you just turned down the distortion, Mm. you could easily place these songs in like, like a sixties pop kind of setting. Like they're really catchy. Yeah. And really simple. Probably maybe a different song or singers because they sound very punk, their voices. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, no, it's true. The uh, the melodies that they're singing are actually very, they're uh, more, yeah, very uh, 60s pop, but a little more intricate than, you know, what they're playing with the guitar. Just mm-hmm. a little, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not actually bad songs or anything. They're very short. Some of some of them could, could stand a few more verses in there, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. But I think at this point, like, because I think the point was, was to make them as short as possible because, you know, they didn't want to have the, you know, seven minute epic rock songs. It was like, no, we're just going to make them as short as we can make them. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're meant to hit you like a punch as opposed to, you know, a psychological torture. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, well, if 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 uh, listening to music is going to be painful, I'll make it short. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you rather die by you know getting shot in the head, or would you rather you know Chinese water torture? What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> short and sweet, or drip. long and painful. Drip. Drip. Yeah. Drip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This yes album's going on a little bit longer than i really <laughs> want it to <laughs> yeah not to crap on yes i actually really no. like yes yep <laughs> that's basically what it is yep. you no know, that's the point um you know they wanted uh they wanted you know just anything i, I think it was just anything different yeah yeah um so yeah, uh, let's uh, go quickly to the uh, the next song, mm-hmm. um, and it's called "I Want to Be Your Boyfriend." Well, so far that was the most '60s sounding uh, song. I gotta say this this was an expression of their more sensitive side, evident by the fact that they slowed it down to half the speed of all the other songs on the yeah. on the album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got to do it. We have to have a ballad on this one. And this is their version of a ballad. <laughs> yeah. It was this, they probably started yeah. playing at the regular speed. Yeah. I want to be a banana, more sensitive, slower. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was actually, yeah, there was actually a little more, um, intricate guitar work on that one um 
I don't know. I don't think they were playing. It sounded like a 12 string. I don't think uh, so. But I, th- I don't think it was. I think it was just a clean, clean tone. A little bit. Um, um, yeah, I like that song. But uh, it was a little bit unexpected. I wasn't expecting something quite like that, that kind of jangly pop. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to do something a little different on the album. So, you know. Yeah. One of the things that I, I, I just remind, uh, occurred to me, I, I did watch a part of a documentary on the Ramones maybe a month ago. Hmm. Um, and apparently Joey Ramone, the singer yep. had a lot of problems, uh, when he was a kid, um, like health problems, of, well, health problems and developmental problems. Oh. Um, uh, I think, I, I don't know if, he might be autistic. That's um, not impossible. Or, or maybe he just was a, like a, you know, late bloomer. Um, but he had a lot of, I think he had a lot of social problems okay. when he was a kid. And he was, uh, he, uh, uh, some physical problems as well. Like he's really, he was really tall. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, um, but anyway, it's funny cause, uh, apparently through the whole time, uh, they didn't really get along. Um, oh no, they're, I mean, they were mostly, you know, brothers and a lot of brothers have tiffs, especially when yep. they're in a band together, but they're, they're not really brothers though. No. Okay. Um, the, but, uh, I don't know that much about them. So, it, do you know the, where they got their name from? Is actually from Paul McCartney. Okay. So when the Beatles were um, touring, like in uh, in uh, no, uh, so the Beatles at one point were the backup band for. Um, I guess this guy had uh, a bunch of singers. Like he managed a bunch of singers okay. and like rock and roll singers in England. This is the guy they were trying, trying this out. And it was, yeah. it was a money grab basically. Of course. And it was, um, it, it, this is in the, the Beatles, uh, anthology documentary talking about how, um, they were disappointed with the guy's name. Cause all the singers were like, uh, uh, Johnny, uh, what did, um, like Ricky Danger and uh, all these tough names, and they ended up with a guy named Johnny Gentle. <laughs> and uh, but uh, they for that tour, they all decided to change their names. So John Lennon was uh, Long John Silver. Um, uh, uh, th- George Harrison was Carl Harrison because he liked uh, Carl Perkins. Okay, and. Uh, Paul changed his name to Paul Ramon because he thought it sounded exotic in French. Uh, so that's where the Ramones comes from. Interesting. That's how they got their name. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's some underground trivia stuff there for yeah. a punk band. That's yeah. 
That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where they got their name. And so they just, oh, they all decided to change their name to, well, Joey Ramone. Yeah, they, but they're not really related. Okay. Um, yeah, Joey Ramone's real name. What are their real names? Joey, uh, Joey Ramone's real name is Jeffrey Hyman. Okay. Uh, Johnny Ramone is the guitar player. His name is John Cummings. Yeah, so they're all, you know, regular. And they, like, they all have changed members. So every member that has come into the band has taken has over the name, taken something Ramone. So, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I was not really all that knowledgeable on that. So, but still, a lot of bands have problems with yeah staying you know friendly to each other. <laughs> well, and, but and, and this is how uh, <laughs> I guess socially inept they are, or they mm. were, is like one of their first shows. They're fighting on stage about what song they're going to do next. Like they're actually like yelling at each other about what song they want to do. Why next. does it matter? Two two minutes later, they're going to have to <laughs> pick another one anyway. They might exactly. as well play whatever they. Yeah, they might as well just shout exactly. out a song, even if they do it. You know, the same song twice in a night. I don't think anybody's going to notice. No, exactly. <laughs> they might even like it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a little silly. Yeah. But, you know, they're young and don't know any better. Yeah. But I just I just think it's funny that, you know, from day one, they didn't get along with each other, but they still kept going. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, the, uh, the next song is called uh, Chainsaw. So here we go. Right. So, uh, that was the noise at the beginning. I had to turn it down. That was <laughs> screeching. Um, one of the things that I noticed that I, I, that contributes to their sound, and I never noticed this before, is all the vocals are double tracked, but they're not really lined up. Mm. They're kind of sloppily put together. Um, because then I think it's because Joey doesn't really sing the song the same way twice. Um, but it, it, it's still, you know, it gives it, it gives it a it's, life. It gives it a life. It, it gives it like, um, I don't know. It's just a unique thing to their sound. It's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Nope. It's just, it's, it's, a something that that's unique. Um, and really, I mean, I don't think because the the songs are are simple. I don't think the vocals really needed to be doubled, but um, it, it's it just you know it, it's it's it works, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I've mentioned this uh, before is that uh, if you're gonna do double tracking, in fact, the w- the way that double tracking works is because the two tracks are not identical. If the two tracks were absolutely identical, it wouldn't sound like double tracking. It would just right. sound 
I mean, you, you might as well just double the one track you took and, and, and do it, and it wouldn't make any difference. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I, but a lot of the times double tracking is, is done, and the singer will sing it mostly uh, the same way and just give it more, I, I guess, more of a chorus effect. Yeah. Um, but this is like, he's like starting words in different places on the two tracks yeah. and it's like, it, it's, you can always tell when it's double track, but this is like, it's, it's, it's not exactly lined up, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of, it's, it's sloppily done, <laughs> but it's, it's still, it's, it's cool. Yeah. No, I always thought it was just maybe one of the other members in the back sort of like singing along, but if it's just Joey um, singing with himself, sort of. But yeah, yeah, it it definitely sounds almost like he's doing like a second part in the background, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's definitely its own thing. It's a, again, it's not a problem. It's just, no. Where else are you going to hear something like that? Yeah, exactly. But um, I want to. This is the song that I'm interested in most because it's has the I think the funniest title. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. uh, now I want to sniff some glue. <laughs> <laughs> these almost sound like. Um, oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say is it almost sounds like these are just like different ideas coming like. Especially with considering how short the songs are, it's like yeah, uh, this ID ADD kid or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. "I want to do this now. Okay, now I'm gonna go do this. And now I'm gonna yeah, go it, slip some glue." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of feels like that. Anyway, yeah, that's just me bouncing all over the yeah. place. Yeah, <laughs> all right, here we go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they're getting a little musical there with the different parts (laughs) the different riffs yeah (laughs) Um, I I like the song I thought I thought it was funny I mean yeah it's a music yeah they're not meant to be taken too seriously no yeah no it's uh I I don't I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, it's just it's fun, and I I I think I bet their shows were fun too. I I would have liked to have seen them live. You know, when they're not trying to kill each other on stage because they can't decide what song to play. But well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it would have been quite fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they're just kind of any idea that comes to their mind that, Oh, let's write a song about that. And it's, you know, a minute long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, let's, uh, I don't have much else to say about that song. Um, no, unless you're you good. All right. So, uh, let's move on to the next one. It's called, I don't want to go down to the basement. Yeah. I think that one, I, I don't know if you got in my head a little bit, but it definitely, it sounds like they just kind of came up with it on the spot. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just like, well, let's just start playing and, and hit record and, 
Oh, let's put that on the album. This <laughs> <You know>? is <laughs> like, what's something you want to do? What's something you don't want to do? Yeah. What's something you want to do? I want to sniff some glue. What do you not want to do? Uh, go down to the basement. The basement. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't um, there in person, so. No. But, it, you know, it sounds that way. Yeah, it's, it does. It's whatever. It's cool. Um, I like that this, it's maybe, uh, uh, I don't know how to say that. Um, I got in my head that it was all the songs would sound exactly the same and it was just the chords. Um, but it, they're a little more complex than I actually thought. Um, and they're actually, I thought they developed more as musicians further down, um, uh, further down in their career. I mean, but, they did. Uh, <clears throat> and they did. Yeah. Absolutely. But I didn't, there, these songs are, I'm kind of surprised that these songs are a little more complex than I thought they would be, would have been. They're right. still not, you know, no. complex. Yeah. But. I, this is, I don't know. It, it's, it's not really veering that way from what I expected for me personally, no. but, uh, but that's not a problem either. I mean, no, it's fun. So I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess we're at the halfway mark. We are at the halfway mark. I think that's the end of the first uh, side, actually. And so the uh, the next song, we've got what, seven more to go. That was, by the way, that was the longest song on the album at two minutes and 40 seconds. Oh. <laughs> that was their epic. Yes. <laughs> So the next song is called uh, Loudmouth. Cool. Oh. Now that's a, that's a song that sounded exactly like I was expecting. Yeah. It's uh yeah. it sounded like uh they probably did play that one a little bit longer but they faded it out. Yeah. So Yeah, well, it, was, it can't take up too much time. No. Of course no. not. No. It's like, well, this one's getting closer, too close to three minutes for my yeah. comfort, so better, yeah. you know, cut at least, you know, 30 of those seconds off. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm starting to, to see what, whoever that was, uh, I'm starting to see what they were talking about. It's like, yeah, of course. It's another song that sounds like yeah. this. You know, it's like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes you're just in the mood for something like this. Why the heck not? Yeah. But, you know, it's one th one of the, they're one of those bands, like nobody else sounds like them and they don't sound like anybody else. It's like ACDC. Right. People complain about uh, ACDC and all their songs sound the same. It's like, yeah, but they don't sound like anybody else. Right. You know, when when, when you hear an ACDC song come on, you know it's them. And it's the same thing with the Ramones. Maybe they have, they have a certain sound, but they only sound like them. Right. Well, I heard, what was it? Um... Um, I think it was a, a um, an interview with Angus Young or something like that. And someone was just like, well, you basically only have like one song 
And Angus Young's like, yeah, but it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, who cares if yeah. they all sound the same? It's good. And it's, you know. Yeah. They're not... People People always... Uh, this is kind of a tangent, but it, I, it, it always annoys me when people get really pretentious about music. And... And talking about bands like ACDC where it's like, yeah, all their songs sound the same and it's, it's only about, you know, sex and drinking and, you know, having a good time. It's like, okay, but they're not trying to pretend to be something that they're not like, they're not trying to pretend to be artistic or to be, you know, to write, you know, brilliant lyrics. It's like, they're exactly who they are. They're, they're being, you can like or dislike them who they are, but at least you can say that they're not, they're, they're being authentic to themselves. I would say that ACDC and the Ramones have a lot in common that way. Whereas both of them, you know, they both got basically their one sound that they just, you know, they they didn't really want to move away from that too much, but uh, but also the fact that the the lyrics that they wrote about were not meant to be like taken too seriously. They yeah. really had like these inside jokes, or even not even that inside jokes, where they just turned them into songs. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're they're their own parody or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean. They, they, you know, I'm trying to think of a band that, that is sort of like artistic for just because it gets them brownie points. I I don't, I can't think of any, but I'm sure they're, they're out there. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. Um, But you think think of any band that that's considered pretentious. (laughs) Bands like that are artistic for brownie points for the most part. Yeah. And and you can always tell. You can yeah, you can always tell. Um and you know, it's it's Yeah, it, it's like they they just there's just something about them that you can you can tell it's like dude, you're not even They sound like they're trying too hard. This exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any specific examples. I mean, the, the first band that comes to mind, and I don't know, I don't know, know enough about them, but I'm, the first band that comes to mind is Radiohead. Oh yeah. But I actually kind of like some of the stuff they do too. I do too, but they can, they tend to take themselves a little too seriously at times. Probably. Um, you know, I do kind of think it's fun when they kind of like write, um, and maybe it's just the way, uh, Tom York's brain works or something like that, but he likes writing like sort of, uh, other music within the other stuff. And, 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 uh, when you go back and, and, and put them together, there's like other things in there and stuff. He just likes doing that whole, uh, hemi sort of thing. Yeah. Um it's it's just something he likes to do. I don't necessarily think that's something like he's trying too hard or something like that. I honestly no. just think it's what he genuinely enjoys doing. Yeah. So 
Well, I, th- I, I don't, I, I, I didn't want to throw Radiohead under the bus, yeah. but it's, 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 it's the first maybe thing. Maybe it's more their of. fans. Maybe it's more their fans. Yeah. That also has a lot to do with it sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, fan like band. Yeah. I, it's not the band I hate. It's their fans. Um, yeah. Tool, uh, hmm. there's, uh, yeah, there's there, there's lots of bands out there that uh, you know they they got their own thing going and and uh, sometimes the fans run with it a little bit further than I think even the band intended. Okay, so the I just thought of someone who I can put into that category. Okay, Morrissey. Oh God, yeah. And the right? thing is, <clears throat> I'm not even really against um, like the smiths originally but yeah he became an insufferable asshole for sure yeah i'm not i was never a huge fan of the smiths no they were always too depressing for me yeah um um yeah i I like johnny marr i I think johnny marr is a good guitar player and i like his solo stuff but i was i wasn't into the smiths yeah yeah um but you know morrissey is someone who he doesn't seem to have a sense of humor about himself and he takes himself way too seriously and he takes everything too seriously. Yes. And he doesn't have a sense of humor about a lot of other things either. No, he's like, he's an <clears throat> the, asshole. The poster boy for not being able to take a joke. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, he, he, that's someone I can put into that category. The, the, the Morrissey and the Ramones are on, the complete opposite ends of the spectrum yes. <laughs> in terms of, of how fun they are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so having said all that, uh, the next song is called Havana affair going down South. Uh, so I think, think that was about the cuban missile crisis <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i like the uh, use of uh, uh, the cowbell on that one yeah it's interesting how just adding that one extra little um percussion thing sort of changes the mood of the song yeah um gives it more of that island flavor oddly enough <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> yeah um it's uh it's punk rock, um, South American style. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and yeah, no, other than that, it sounds like all the rest of the songs, but it's, it's, it, yeah, you're right. It's just that one little ingredient changes the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about the song. Oh, I think we basically just nailed why this one's different than the others. <laughs> exactly. Cowbell. Yeah. Gotta have uh, more cowbell. Gotta have more cowbell. All right. So then the next song is called Listen to My Heart. I had a thought about that song, but I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um. Oh, that's what it was. As uh, we actually got a bit of a guitar solo in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is sort of unique for this album. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. That's not something you expect to hear on a Ramones album. Um, of no. course, it was a very brief guitar solo. 
yeah and it was the same riff over and over but hey that's that's all right yeah yeah they're still learning give them a break man yep (laughs) um yeah, I don't. Other than that, I don't have anything more. No, to say. I mean it's like, it's the same as all the rest of the songs, but that's like, why we love ooh, it. Ooh, guitar solo, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of buried in the mix a little bit. Yeah. If I were, it, this is where I my producer hat comes in. If I were uh, mixing this, I would have mixed that a, a little higher. But yeah, I wasn't there. Nope. In 1976, at the mixing sessions. Anyway, the uh, I think I know this song. Uh, it's called uh, 53rd and 3rd. Had a bit of a false ending there. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this song is a bit, a little dark. Um, just reading on, on um, Wikipedia, it's writ- it was written by Dee Dee Ramon. Mm, which is why he was singing in part of that. Yeah. Uh, it's about a male prostitute waiting at the corner of 53rd and third 53rd street and third Avenue in down midtown Manhattan. Uh, when the prostitute gets a customer, he kills the customer with a razor to prove he's not a homosexual. Um, so yeah, kind of a, well, I guess, I guess it's true. I like it. That kind of thing would have happened in New York in the seven New York in the seventies was fucking dangerous. Like it was bad in the seventies. Yeah. Just, but just there were certain very, very rough areas in, in New York. It yeah. was a man. You ever saw pictures of, of some of the slummier areas? It was like a war zone. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't know what happened, like, and it seemed to be only the 70s where it was that bad. Like, it was always rough, but it was like, it, it seemed to, the the roughness of New York seemed to hit a peak in the 70s mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, even in the 80s, I mean, there was, there was, it could still be rough in the 80s, but it was starting to, it's turnaround. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely at its roughest in, in the seventies is just the, the slums were the slummiest, the, uh, uh, the, the gangs were the gangiest, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It wasn't unusual to walk through certain parts of town and see burned out husks of cars. It almost looks like you could be walking through like Afghanistan or something like that. I've seen pictures. It's yeah. Um, amazing how bad it was yeah yeah um i i i don't know how i don't know enough about the history of the city i don't even know how it got that bad probably something to do with the the municipal government not running things very well i mean it's got something to do with it but there's a lot other thing things and and yeah it's hmm I don't know. I have to look more into it, but there's always lots of different reasons for it. I, yeah, I think when you get that many people in one concentrated area, but you know, that's, but it doesn't necessarily have population. No, because New York's gotten better and it's, it's gotten bigger. It's gotten bigger too. So I don't think, yeah, that's not, I, I don't know. I don't know why it, 
because I watched, I was watching, um, uh, a documentary about the son of Sam, Mm. um, who was a serial killer in New York in 1977. And, um, there was actually in 77, there was also a a citywide power outage for like 24 hours. Mm. So it's like, okay, this serial killer is on the loose and there's no lights. Yeah. And it's at night. It's like, how scary, how much more scary can you get? Well, let's hope you're at home. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Oh, you know, people, people always told me because of the music that I was interested that, um, well, you should have been, you should have grown up in the seventies or, and then it's like, but then I think about all the, all the medical advancements that have happened and all the, 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 the crime that used to happen a lot. And it's like, no, I I think I'm, I'm okay growing up when I did and just, you know, listening to the music. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's always a, 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 a give and take there. I mean, I can listen to all of the music and, and appreciate all the art from those periods. It's yeah. it's not as fresh as it was at the time, but it can still be, you know, it's fresh to me at one point, you know, before yeah. it becomes just another thing in my rotation. But uh, yeah, there's, there, there's benefits to being around now. I mean, there's other it's far things. from perfect it's now, far but, from perfect <laughs> but it's a lot better than it used to be <laughs> that's for sure in some ways yes yeah for sure yeah oh and the other thing too is you know if you were living through the 60s and the 70s you would have to wait for that music to come out whereas now you can just listen to it whenever you want to for the most part yeah and and even talking about uh, things going on at the time i mean we know the stuff that happened at the time when it was happening. You didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, no. after, you know, things like MLK was being shot. I mean, yeah, you hearing about it, you think, well, that's really rough. Can you imagine being alive at the time and expecting great things from this guy? And then just hearing about him getting assassinated. Yeah. yeah. 1960 was particularly bad. I mean, how many people, yeah that were expected to do great things got assassinated that year. Well, well, yeah, there was, uh, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, uh, was Malcolm X. I don't remember what year was that, that was. in 68. I think it might've been a little later. I think it was like early seventies. I'm not a hundred yeah. sure on that. Uh, Fred Hampton. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, was, that was a rough year. People yeah. think that, you know, 1968 was like the bum, the, the bummiest year to be a progressive. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, I would not want to live through that. Um, and then you had like the, um, uh, Kent state. And, right. Oh, just, you know, yeah, the late sixties and early seventies was, and if you're in the United States, they they still had the draft to deal yep. with. It's like, oh, I, you know, no thanks. Yep. <laughs> no. Pass. Hard pass. I'll take the music, yeah. but I'll leave a lot of the other stuff. Might even yeah. take some of the fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But the, uh, the culture at the time, uh, no thanks. <laughs> um, 
anyway, we've got uh, a few songs left. Uh, the next one I think is, I read it's a cover of, um, what's the name? Chris Montez, who's uh, a musician. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess this is a cover of his, of his song called Let's Dance. That was a very, I don't, I, I'm curious to hear the original now to yeah. see how, how, how well it fits in with the Ramones sound hmm. and how, like how much they changed it. I like the harmonica there at the end. That was yeah. sort of an interesting uh, sonic choice to, to put at the, uh, to sort of wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, I was not, uh, I would not expect the Ramones to have a harmonica in one of their songs. I mean, again, it wasn't particularly fancy, but it was no, just it another there. sound, the, the different, yeah. you know, flavor to throw in the mix. Um, yeah, it was kind of neat. Um, yeah, I'd be very curious to hear the original song too, because that's, uh, I mean, I'm guessing it's probably some sort of like, uh, 60s dance track that they did and 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 we were talking about earlier how stuff like that can pretty easily be uh well we were talking about how, how they're uh you know uh, when they're singing the melodies the melodies sound very much like 60s pop songs so really mm-hmm. thinking about a lot of like uh music like that 60s pop pop songs and dance tracks could probably be very easily converted to a ramon style punk track so yeah and this this is probably a perfect example of that yeah yeah no i uh i agree yeah that's it's um it it fits in perfectly apparently this song uh was also done by the band slade Okay. Yeah. So I wonder if they, they maybe heard that version and maybe and did it like to find that one too. Um, I'm sure their version is a little more, uh, again, it'd be more like glam rock or something like that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so we've got, uh, two more songs left. Um, so the, uh, the second to last song is called I Don't Want to Walk Around With You. All so, right. Another another thing they don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> they go. don't want to do it in the basement. Sorry. What were you saying? Say, and they certainly don't want to do it in the basement. No. <laughs> but, but they will sniff glue. Uh, I think that actually might be my favorite song on the album. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I liked, <laughs> I just like the over exaggerated, like temper tantrum of a lyric of the sing vocal style. Yeah. Like, I don't want to walk. And then the back. <laughs> I was just thinking as that song's playing, that like someone should do like a flow chart or a Venn diagram or something like that of things like the Ramones, things the Ramones want to do and things the Ramones don't want to do. Yeah. So <laughs> just go over all their albums. I want to yeah. walk around with you. 
I want. There's like I don't want to walk around. With walk you. Around. I don't want to go to the basement. I want to be your boyfriend. I want to be sedated. I want to s- sniff glue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have. Um, they have other songs too. Like there's a. Uh, Judy, they have on. I think the third song on this album is "Judy Is a Punk." Yep. So they also have another song called "Sheena Is a Punk Rocker." Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think I would like to see uh, Judy and Sheena battle it out <laughs> uh, because, well, one of them is a punk and the other one is a punk rocker. Oh, so uh, how could they ever get along? I don't. I don't know. They need to defend their title. Yeah. <laughs> it's a battle to the death. <laughs> um, oh, and then the other thing, that song had a, a, another guitar solo, this time higher on the neck, mm. which was, uh, yeah, getting getting a little fancy. Getting it along the... the- the dusty end of the fretboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They must be like, well, I'm, I'm like Jimi Hendrix now. It's just like, this feels a little unnatural at this end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't no, know. no, no. I like the chorus better. I like the chorus better. <laughs> Getting out of his comfort zone. <laughs> no, it's, it's too high. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, sorry, Ramones. I know we're kind of taking the piss out of you at the moment. Yeah. Don't mean to. Uh, we still love you. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so this, uh, we've arrived at the last song on the album and this is called Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. Cool. Cue the the dead Kennedys, Nazi punks, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um. Wait, I mean this. It's it's funny. It's the the people. Um, I know I know there were Nazi punks. Yes, but the, the Ramones definitely. No, I don't weren't. think. I so. mean, this. I think this is uh, an anti-Nazi song, actually, and um, even though it is, uh, you know written from the perspective I'm just reading written from the perspective of a Hitler youth member. Um, Yeah. I I don't, I don't think they, uh, I, I, it's, I think it's just a joke. I think it's, it's not to be taken too seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although it, it is interesting, uh, So I guess they're one of the guys at the record company complained about the lyrics uh, and they, I guess they had to change it um, to something a little less offensive. Um, I think they repeated the word Nazi more in the original lyric. <laughs> so, so yeah, this make is it a this little is less t- third Reiki. 
this is yeah this is the 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 tame version of of that so mm. yeah um overall i think i i uh i enjoyed the album um there were a few surprises that i that it wasn't just you know the same you know three chords over and over again and uh but like i said earlier even in that um uh, even if all the songs do, um, sound similar, that's okay. Cause it's, you know, it's a sound that's unique to them. Right. You know, but, uh, I mean, overall I enjoyed the album. I like, I, I, I like that, you know, there's 14 songs on the album and the runtime of the album was only 29 minutes. Yeah. Like that's, I, that's funny to me. Mm-hmm. you know i you know that's i like that it's a, uh, yeah it's a it might be a record of some sort yeah yeah <laughs> but um the, yeah the world's and, shortest uh, longest album or the longest shortest right. album or something like yeah that. yeah <laughs> and their shows were like that too they would play like 50 songs in in you know 45 minutes yeah <laughs> you know so uh Ooh, how many songs is that it was like 105 what time is it it's it's still only seven yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah yeah um but yeah i th- i think i would like i want to um go and listen to more of the Ramones. I want to, I'm curious about some of their later stuff. Cause I'm not as familiar with the later stuff as I am with, uh, the earlier stuff. So I would like to, uh, expand my Ramones, um, vocabulary, I guess. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to know. I think you... we basically, I mean, it's the Ramones. There's not a whole lot to say There's, about them. No, just that. Yeah, they're you know got that punk sound. They kind they've of got the sound. They kind of um, were the quintessential punk band of the time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. When most people think of think of the sound of of punk, they. This is what oh, this is what they think of. think of for a lot of yeah yeah in a lot of cases yeah um so yeah so uh, if there's nothing else uh, I thank you for uh, listening if you made it this far um, you can check us out at uh, polyphonicpress.com. dot uh, you can drop us a line at polyphonicpressmusic at gmail dot com and uh, if you want to help out the show you can do that at uh, buymeacoffee.com slash polyphonicpress and um, I guess that's about it uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd and I'm John Van Dyke take it easy <laughs>